0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. I just want to celebrate the fact that even though the Warriors lost 107 to 103 to the Phoenix Suns at Chase Center, I just want to celebrate the fact that the Warriors showed signs of life. It's been a long time since we actually cared about moral victories, but there's kind of one here. Right, It's like they played hard, they competed, and this would have been a great win to get. But bottom line is they played with energy, and that's something that we haven't seen much of in recent weeks. I think at this point in the season, when it's not so much about the flow of the season, but literally like there's a handful of games left and then the playoffs start, it's looking at the intention that the Warriors play with, right? How they're playing the game. And even though it's a loss, even though it was kind of a painful loss, I wasn't that mad about it. You know, I was just happy to see a good game. For me, you want to see them start playing well leading to the playoffs. Yes, it's a loss to the best team in the league, Record wise, but if you look at their schedule, honestly, like if the Warriors play this hard, this well for the most part to finish the season, you know, build some momentum, they could beat Utah, you know, (laughs) at home. And then Sacramento, the Lakers, the Spurs, and then the Pelicans. They should take all those, especially if Steph comes back for the last one or two games. You know, even if the Spurs and Pelicans are still trying to get into the play-in round, there's a net positive. If that sounds weird about this game, they scraped, they clawed, and we saw a lot of good things and honestly some really bad things in this game. Good things start with Jordan Poole, who has just been somewhat transcendent as of late. 37 minutes, 11 for 22, 7 for 15 from three. Nine for 10 from the free throw line, nine boards, seven assists, only two turnovers, 38 points. That's awesome. It's fascinating because, right, like earlier in the season, we are like, how good could Poole be? And he was pretty solid playing next to Steph before Clay came back. But then, of course, there was that stage where Clay came back and Jordan Poole couldn't find his footing off the bench you know he'd throw some half-ass efforts out there he'd shoot poorly he wasn't engaged all the time he'd show flashes but then just disappear for stretches right and now that he's back in the starting spot well actually even before then he just started playing well around the time Draymond announced he was coming back and he's been on fire since so take that as a positive moving forward right the debate that I keep referencing about whether or not he deserves that rumored four year 80 million dollar contract. I mean he's he's definitely proving that he deserves it, you know And it really, you know, just to jump ahead brings up some questions about next year's starting lineup. Do you put Poole back on the bench? Do you bring him into the starting lineup and start like Steph, Poole, Clay? Draymond and Looney? Does Kaminga sneak into the starting lineup at some point? Does Wiggins hold his spot, or does he come off the bench? Does Wiseman, <laughs> as fanciful as it may seem, does he eventually become a starter sometime next year? Who knows? But just the idea of having Steph, Poole, and Clay all healthy, all having like a summer off to train, get into shape, whatever, to start the season, that's pretty intriguing to me. I look forward to the playoffs when those three dudes are all on the court at the same time. But of course, Clay Thompson, he had a really, really poor shooting game. 34 minutes, five for 21, one for 10 from three, hit both of his free throws, four assists, only one rebound, and 13 points. Hey, if you get like an average effort from Klay, then the ending of this game is probably a little bit different. But again, it's unfortunate because what we want from Clay at this point is for him to be consistent and he's not that yet. So we'll see if he can string together a few games where he shoots well and plays well, like at both ends nonstop. But right now it looks like he probably will be kind of a hot, cold, on again, off again, question mark going into the post season. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, he was a little bit more aggressive, but Again, didn't shoot that great. Six for 16, two for six from three, five for eight from the line. Eight boards, 19 points. But his effort was good. You know, I'll give him that. And again, that's something, like that is the complaint about Wiggins for the most part. So I'll take that as a a somewhat of a positive. Draymond Green had an impactful game. 10 boards, seven assists, eight points, four for five from the free throw line. So, you know, there are some... Bright spots and some decent signs here and there. It was interesting though that Kaminga only played five minutes and Moody only got one, and Kerr went with a bench rotation of Bializza, Igudala, Otto Porter Jr., and Gary Payton. He's going with the vets, right? This felt a little bit like a playoff game, and so in tight situations, you might see more of that with Igudala back and Green back and Wiggins out there, and Otto Porter Jr. back. You might see less of John Ligaminga in the playoffs. I mean, you will see him in certain matchups at certain points, but it was interesting to see that Steve Kerr stuck to the vets to see what they would give, to see if he could secure a win in this one because they really need a win at some point. It was kind of ironic to me that if you watched the broadcast, I think with a couple minutes left, they came back from a TV timeout and they played some of the coaches' talk in the huddle. And it was Steve Kerr, and he was basically telling the team, play smart, you know? I forgot the exact verbiage, but play smart, and that's how we're going to win this game. And unfortunately, they had a couple bad (laughs) plays, right? Not smart plays. There was the Draymond Green jumps up in the air. Otto Porter Jr. doesn't cut the right way. He doesn't slip the screen. And Draymond throws it towards a three-point line or something that just miscommunication and Draymond bailed and had nowhere else to throw it. And that was a turnover. And then there was the one where, I mean, it was bad call, in my opinion. The one where Poole had put the Warriors up by one and then Clay on the inbounds got called for a foul on Devin Booker where their arms got locked up. And it looked like when I rebounded, it looked like, booker had clay's arm and kind of pulled it over his shoulder and it was the ref behind clay who called the foul so clay was pretty adamant that he didn't foul booker and they got pulled and it seems like it but just in general i won't say that was a dumb play but it's just unfortunate that he put himself in that situation you know and then there was that half court three-pointer with seven seconds left that Jordan Poole took. And there was a ton of time on the clock. I get it. He thought maybe that Devin Booker was going to foul him. They were down by three, I believe. So, you know, you foul to force the two free throws, which is a smart play, but Poole tried to do the right thing. He saw what he thought was Booker trying to foul him. And then he was trying to get three free throws, but instead Booker pulled back. And Poole hoisted a beyond half court three point shot with like five or four seconds left, which is, again, a ton of time. But he tried to do the right thing. He wasn't backing off the moment. It wasn't so much like he forgot how much time there was or didn't realize. He just made a, a miscalculation there. So you live and you learn. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, Who will make it to the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But no doom and gloom here, right? Especially after the past several games. I think... Again, looking at the remaining season, they have a chance to win a few games, honestly, in a row and actually start feeling better about themselves and getting some momentum. Right now, the Warriors are in fourth place. They slip behind Dallas. And I had said that fourth is fine with me because I wouldn't mind seeing Utah in the five spot because I don't worry about Utah as much as I worry about some of the other teams. But... But the Denver Nuggets have slipped past the Utah Jazz. And so now the Warriors are looking right now at playing the Nuggets. And the one thing about the Nuggets is I do worry about Nikola Jokic, of course, because he is the defending MVP and he just seems to have the ability to make his team better like most MVPs do, right? The Utah Jazz, they don't have that. And... I feel okay (laughs) against nuggets to be honest so that's fine but we'll see how it shakes out because it's so honestly like tight from three to six right the mavericks are in third and technically the warriors are tied but the mavericks have the tiebreaker and then the warriors are two up on the nuggets and the nuggets are half a game up On the Jazz. So honestly, if the Warriors lose to the Jazz in the next game, then that might help their cause if they really cared as much as I do about seeing the Jazz instead of the Nuggets in the first round. But it's interesting, right? Like I was thinking about this season, and you know, like there's a lot of folks out there who think the season is done. And I don't know, we don't know, right? Because we don't know the nature of this team because we haven't really seen them whole. And I think there's two scenarios. In the most pessimistic way is that the Warriors, they maybe split the final few games of the season and then they run into a team that is hot or just has an advantage somewhere against them, like the Nuggets, and they lose. In the first round. That would be a very, very disappointing end to the season. I don't think that'll happen. I think that the Warriors will get out of the first round. So basically the second scenario is they play better like they did against the Suns and they start building up some of this momentum and they play either the Jazz or the Nuggets. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to creep up in there, but they play the Jazz and the Nuggets and Steph, Clay. Draymond, if they remain healthy, they start clicking, you know, they start building even more momentum and they win the first round, right? Coming out of the four spot, they would have to play the Suns because the Suns are not going to lose to the Clippers or the Pelicans or the Spurs or the Lakers or whomever ends up in the eighth spot. So the Warriors would play the Suns. And honestly, I mean, both the Suns and Grizzlies are good. But right now, I would rather face the Suns in the second round than the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies just have something that the Warriors haven't figured out yet. And I feel like the Suns, you know, as good as they are, the Warriors have a better chance against them. Right now, they just match up better versus the Suns than they do against the Grizzlies because they know how to play some of those guys a little bit better. Not saying that they're gonna beat the Suns, but you gotta account for the fact that Chris Paul has a bad track record against the Warriors in the playoffs. Chris Paul losing to the Warriors is basically just the natural state of the universe. And then of course, the basketball gods, they refuse to let Chris Paul win a title. So that's another reason, karma. But honestly, like I've said this before, if Steph, Clay, and Draymond are healthy and they can get past the first round, to me, all bets are off, right? As long as there's no major injuries, they just need to win one game in Phoenix and go from there. And their experience, the psychology of the game on their end, on the Warriors squad, and then on the Sun squad, let's just say it would be interesting to see play out. If those guys are healthy, Steph, Clay, Draymond remain healthy and they start finding a groove, that's all I want. That's the fighting chance I want. Now, if one of them isn't right, you know, then it's going to be rough. But those are the two scenarios either flame out early or they build momentum and they'll go as far as those guys could take them. They might not make it to the finals, they might not make it to the Western Conference finals. You know, they have inherent flaws against the wrong team, they will get beaten up in the paint. But that's why you play the games. You know, as rough as these past few weeks have been, I mean, I'm excited regardless. I'm excited to see these guys in the playoffs. Literally, like we're going to see Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Andre Iguodala in the playoffs again. Did you ever think you would say that the past couple seasons? Did you ever think that that would be true? So I say to myself and I say to y'all, like, You know, embrace that because odds are Andre won't be there next year. The core three, though, like we've learned in these past few years to take nothing for granted, right? Steph, Clay, Draymond, they were all supposed to be back and healthy this year, but they've only played 11 minutes total together. So seeing them in the postseason, don't take that for granted. Just honestly, as cheesy as it may sound, cherish those moments because who knows What this team injury wise will look like next season. Things might just jump up out of nowhere as these guys get older. So, with those three dudes healthy in the playoffs, just enjoy it regardless of what happens. I sure as hell know I will. Anyway, hopefully the Warriors use these next few games and try to get right. You know, Wiggins, great. He's aggressive, but maybe he can start hitting his shots. Draymond. Maybe he can, you know, he's starting to get into the flow. Made some bad mistakes here and there, but he's moving in the right direction. So we'll see. We'll see. Couple days off, and then Utah on Saturday. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P I N O or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our new YouTube channel. The link will be in the show notes. Be sure to check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you can, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be super helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.